It's another Tuesday evening, and you're welcome. This is 97.3 City FM. What an exciting evening, because we have quite a number of things that we need to get through. So, sit back, relax, turn up the volume, and let's enjoy some technology conversations. This is City Trends. My name is Philippa Sean and City Trends is sponsored by First National Bank. How may we help you? And ZPay, freedom to choose, express and transact. Dial star 270 hash right now and experience some true freedom. Brought to you, of course, by ZPay, your trusted remittance to mobile money wallet partner now remember that zpay is a licensed mobile money company and you can have the freedom to receive your money transfer from abroad directly into your zpay mobile money wallet it gives you the freedom to cash out from all agents cash in at agents online with visa card or from any third-party mobile money wallet transfer to all other wallets buy airtime for all networks in Ghana and other parts of the world, pay bills and transfer into any bank account without having to link them. Yes, that is a freedom when you dial star 270 hash right now, irrespective of your network, and then you sign up for ZPay Mobile Money Wallet. With ZPay Mobile Money Wallet, there's freedom and no wahala. Your money is safe and secure. That is what freedom is talking about and is all about with ZPay. Call 0302-905-700 or WhatsApp 050-156-7073 for more information. On the show today, wow, what a lineup. Well, here are the goodies on show. We will definitely be talking about the Apple event that just happened a couple of minutes ago. We'll be also revisiting a conversation having to do with um, Ghana's payment systems, the law that basically surrounds the payment systems. Um, that was a very good conversation. There's a lot of insights coming your way. We'll be having some bites as well from our lawyers talking about trademarks. Then we will be revealing the topic, the topic for our debate next week. Remember that we're supposed to have the debate this week, but we shifted to next week for some reasons beyond our control. So yes, we're going to be talking about the debate. We're going to be speaking to one of you who um, basically came up with the topic for us. We'll be asking him about the motivation behind the topic that was chosen. I can't wait to hear that one. And we'll be having our segments as well. We have the app segment, we have the trending segment, and then we have your tech as well. So it's a pretty packed show. Sit back, relax, and let's enjoy. 
You can be a part of the show on our WhatsApp number 0549-986-996. The number once again is 0549-986-996. Alternatively, you can tweet at us using the hashtag C-I-T-I-T-R-E-N-D-S. Yes, C-I-T-I-T-R-E-N-D-S. But now let's join the geek squad. <laughs> let's join the ladies, the lawyers who have some insights on what it actually means with regards trademarks and your business, especially your tech business. Remember, this particular segment um, is supposed to give us an understanding of the intersecting lines between the law and technology. So um, take it away, ladies. So today we are talking trademarks. Trademarks protect the name, sign, design, and logo, among others, of your brand. And it prevents others from capitalizing on your goodwill or to use your logo to sell their products. When a product name becomes so popular that the brand name is synonymously associated with the product type, it loses its trademark protection. For example, the term flip phone was originally a trademark of Motorola, meaning Motorola had the exclusive right to use the term flip phone. However, with time, the term became the generic term for all phones that opened and closed like the Motorola flip phone, hence losing its exclusivity to Motorola. Now, any phone designer can have unrestricted use of that former trademark. This is a big deal, and this is why. It takes away your brand identity and allows third parties to potentially partake in your goodwill. You may have heard of people generically terming photo editing as Photoshop or web engine search as Googling. In fact, Adobe and Google are currently working to mitigate the synonymizing of Photoshop with image editing and Google with web engine searches, respectively, to prevent the loss of their trademark. Other popular examples of trademarks that have been lost include kerosene, cellotape, and videotapes, which were all formerly brand names of particular companies. So you see, there's household name, which is known and used by everyone, and there's household name, so known and used by everyone that it is no longer clear that it is the creation of a particular brand. Avoid becoming the latter. Protect your trademark. We hope that by gave you something to think about. Follow us on Twitter for more at GeekBytes8. That is G-E-E-K-B-Y-T-E-S and figure 8. Or on LinkedIn at the 8 Geeks at Law and follow our GeekBytes thread.
So a couple of months ago, we had the big debate for or against. And um, we had a winner. Nehemiah Atega won as he was arguing um, in favor of Microsoft being a company that should be the should be allowed to buy um, TikTok instead of Oracle. Eventually, Oracle kind of won that race. But then, hey, the debate was won by Nehemiah, which we absolutely love. So next week, we're going to have our next debate. Now, remember, we're going to having we're going to be having these debates much more next year, at least once every quarter. But we kind of put a different twist to it this time around. We decided to let you, the listening public, choose the topic for the debate. And um, I'm pretty excited to say that um, we have someone who came up with a pretty awesome topic. It was it was a very nice topic to actually have and i'm really really glad to have um adams abduganu on the phone right now to talk to us about um, the topic that he came up with the motivation behind it and um yeah why exactly he likes the show so much um adams abdu thank you so much for joining us on the show yeah all right thank you very much it's it's a real pleasure to have um an avid listener of the show joining and of course sub- suggest same, yeah, a topic same, yeah, T- like, tell like, us like, tell us tell us about you. what you like about the show first of all before we get into the topic oh well um so first of all good evening to um, all your listeners and your panelists today and yeah i've been following city trends for a very long time and i think that's where i get my technological knowledge from because Basically, academically, I'm not from a technological background. So this is where I basically get the information from, how tech works and all the updates on the technological world and everything. Yeah, so that's how I got hooked up with um, City Trend, yes. Well, it is always a pleasure to hear from you, uh, uh, yeah. our listeners. So, I mean, you, you saw the announcement um, posted on Twitter and you responded. And yeah. Tell us the topic first of all, and tell us why you decided to pick that topic. Okay. Um, so, well, the topic came after I listened to the previous debate on the Microsoft and then the other one. And that was, I think, three weeks or so. Then around that time, I was just thinking about how the political landscape is going, how uh, the new uh, the incumbents and then the new politicians who want to come to power, how they interact with their and the citizens through social media, especially on Twitter, which is where I'm actually working. So I started asking myself, like, how, what influence does uh, and social media have on elections or politics in general? Then it just popped up and I decided to pitch in with that subject. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's obviously a pretty big topic. I'm not even going to ask yeah. you where you stand on the debate whether okay. <laughs> we will leave it to the debaters next week but i mean generally okay, sure. what have you made of you know how the various political personalities and institutions are using social media whether in ghana or globally we know that i mean when you look at the us for example and how trump uses twitter as an example yes, when yes, you look exactly. at what other you know political entities and institutions and personalities use facebook and the like what have you made generally of that and for you personally when the debaters sit next week and they are making their arguments what will you be looking out for okay all right thank you again and um, so basically, when you look at, especially like you mentioned Trump, ever since he came to power, this Twitter has been more or less his direct mouthpiece. That is where he communicates with the like the whole world through. And you see that it actually started when Obama was in power. He started to 
um, utilize social media in doing his policies. And, but then Trump took it to a different level altogether, and I'm sure we all know about that. And you see, when you look at um, social media, like unlike the traditional media house where um, politicians used to communicate to the citizens through, these had um, filters and certain things they couldn't say and all. But when you come to the social media, it's more or less their personal handle and stuff. So they're able to give it out there to say what they want to say without um, being censored or, or whatever. Because obviously not all their messages they want to put across um, can actually come the way they probably want it to be. So that's why most of them utilize uh, um, the social media to, to put their message across. And if you check, like, um, when it's usually very expensive. Like, with this campaign season, it's expensive to um, amass all this money to do this campaign. But when you come to social media, it sort of um, makes a level playing ground for everyone. You don't need to get that huge amount of money to be able to speak directly to your supporters or people who are willing to vote for you. So you're able to uh, put your message across. So generally, that's what I see about um, with politics and social media. Yeah. And it, 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 next week, I'm expecting my... Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward, I'm seriously looking forward to the debate next week. And I'm sure it's going to be late. It's going to be late because um, there, are, there are a lot of pros and cons when it comes to using social media as um, a political... Um, instrument to, to convey so I'm looking forward to it yeah. well we, we are definitely glad for the topic we, we love the topic the team loves the topic and thank you so much oh, for okay. suggesting it um, we will thank be you. expecting you in the studio though um, to be one of uh, oh. the members of the panel of judges um, for the debate so um, you know it, it will be great we can't wait for the the, the debate next sure. week and thank you so much for your commitment to the show and for tuning in thank and of course giving us a topic for the debate as well have an amazing right. evening Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, you heard the Abdul um, Adams Ganu, who is um, one of our listeners, and he came up with um, the topic that we're going to that's going to serve as the debate topic for next week. So um, please tune in. We will have two debaters in the studio. We're going to have a panel of judges as well, most likely three of them. Um, they are going to be joining us, of course, um, either on the phone or via Zoom. The, the debaters are going to be in the studio for the debate, and it's going to be a pretty fantastic one. Um, as you heard there at the topic, they're basically trying to understand which of the two platforms works best as a political, uh, yeah, as a political campaign tool. Whether it is Facebook or Twitter, which one serves you know um, best in terms of you know considering the current political season we're in and and everything else. I can't wait for that debate. It's going to be fantastic stuff. But the show does continue. And um, a couple of weeks ago, we had Kofi Usu um, joining us, um, talking about the Ghana payment systems. Basically, there's a law that's supposed to guide, you know, all the payments, all the digital fintech kind of space. And um, a lot of people didn't understand, including myself, didn't understand it fully. So it was necessary that we had a lawyer come sit in the studio, a lawyer with you know, a certain bias towards technology to break everything down for us. And he did a fantastic job. And so we're going to hear back that conversation with him. But remember, we're going to be having conversations about the Apple event. <laughs> oh boy, what an event. We're going to be having a conversation about the Apple event when we come back after this. Today with me is Kofi Owusu-Nshua, who is a private legal practitioner who has quite a bit of knowledge in this area. And so we brought him to come and give us some understanding of this particular act. Kofi, thank you so much for joining us on the show. 
It's a real pleasure to have you. Now, let's get straight into it. How did we get to this point where we needed an act to basically uh, map out what exactly we're doing within the payment systems and, and services? Right, Philip. Thanks for having me. Uh, more than a decade ago, uh, the concept of payment systems became rife in Ghana. Mm. Um, different kinds of institutions came into the space, um, helping financial institutions, including banks, you know, to perform all sorts of mobile-related banking services. If you remember, um, we, we had SMS banking, so you'd typically send an SMS syntax to a certain short code. Yeah. And then you wait for a couple of minutes, and then your message will come to you with your bank balance and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Around that period, the Bank of Ghana, around 2006 thereabouts, um, worked towards having the very first uh, Payment Systems Act. Okay. So, indeed, in the course of our conversation, you will understand that this is uh, the second Payment Systems Act, mm. which has come to repeal the very first. Right. Okay. So that Payment Systems Act essentially sought to set up the Ghana Interbank Payment and Settlement System, GIPS. Yes. Mm. Um, sequel to that, um, we had a number of companies come into the space, the e-transacts. Those days, you know, we had text and pay and, <laughs> right. and stuff like that. Um, so the Bank of Ghana thought that this was more towards branchless banking right. because essentially... What these technology companies were doing, um, you know, were to essentially empower customers of the banks to be able to use their mobile phones to transact banking activities remotely. So the Bank of Ghana came up with what they call the branchless banking guidelines. Okay. And and the 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 branchless banking guidelines had some basic tenets. It's important um, we deal with that because Mm. essentially. As at that time, this around 2008, 2009, the Bank of Ghana said that if a technology company wanted to do anything in the space under the branchless banking guidelines, you needed to have three things. One, you needed to have a minimum of two banks who were going to be your bank partners. Okay. Um, and this is important because when we fast forward to present day, you'll see the same concept still playing out. Secondly, the Bank of Ghana said that every bank, uh, every transaction that you did had to be bank-based. And I'm sure you can understand why. Essentially, it stops money laundering and all sorts of um, uh, practices that can, you know, uh, turn out to be systemic risk to the economy. Then, you know, somewhere around 2010, with the advent of mobile money and all these other institutions, the Bank of Ghana came up with the e-money guidelines, the e-money issuers guidelines. Mm. In all of this, what you realize is that the the industry kept changing, you know, constantly. And so the Bank of Ghana, very proactive, kept coming up with guidelines and directives that sought to uh, govern the space. So um, the weaknesses of the um, of the e-money issuers guidelines, which principally dealt with um, essentially the mobile money companies alone, mm-hmm. um, um, gave rise to the Payment Systems and Services Act. And, and here in the Act, the Bank of Ghana actually anticipates several players, which I'm sure we, we will go into, yeah. um, fintechs and banks who want to play the mobile money space mm-hmm. and 
uh, mobile money companies themselves, whether they are telco-led or they are private-led mm. um, companies and so on. I see. Well, I mean, it, it, it's great that at least the Bank of Ghana realized probably where the faults were and then tried to work around that. But I'm just wondering, like, the changes keep happening. Today, there's an improvement. Today, there's an innovation. Like, how is the Bank of Ghana, for example, hoping to keep up? Or are we just going to see probably amendments to this act, like, every couple of months? Because it's just, the changes are going to happen regardless. So, so typically, what the Bank of Ghana or various central banks across Africa um, typically do in such scenarios is to issue directives subsequent mm. to these acts of parliament. Mm. So, sequel to this you know, act being passed, there will be many directives. And as a matter of fact, there has been several directives. During the that, COVID period, for absolutely, example. Yeah. And okay. which will seek to... Um, get ahead of the curve and make sure that um, innovation doesn't totally overtake um, regulation. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's important. That was one of the key issues that I always found interesting. Now, so now we've gotten to this point where the Payment Systems and Services Act basically has come into effect. What are the key issues that this act is looking to address? Well, that's a very good question. Um, Part of it you read in your long title hmm. when you were um, starting, starting the, yeah. you know, the conversation. Essentially, there are payment systems, there are payment services, yeah. um, there are various players who provide electronic money business. Mm -hmm. All these entities have been anticipated by the central bank. And so this act essentially um, seeks to regulate how they operate within the space. Mm. Um, this act also sets out very clearly... Um, the types of licensing regimes mm. that exist for players who want to participate in the space. Um, here in this act, the Bank of Ghana has carefully um, anticipated that there could be banks or, if you like, institutions who are regulated by Act 930. Mm. That is the Specialized Deposit Taking Institutions Act. Mm -hmm. um, wanting to play in the space of e-money Okay. There are um, players like fintechs who will essentially serve as either aggregators or innovation providers. They have been clearly uh, provided for within the act. Mm. So, principally, the the act, you know, Act Nine Eight Seven, um, sets in proper perspective the various roles that the various players. Um, who are allowed to play in the as space opposed to as opposed to operate, exactly and operate by so so proper frameworks have been um, created for the various players in the space so you know and very clear demarcations and so um, it deals with part of the issues that you discussed last week on your mm. show um, here in the in the act uh, certain provision is made to prevent um, various anti-competitive um, practices by various players within the space. I see. I see. Well, one of the things also that often came up, and I just wanted to get your opinion, what was the level of consultation between the Bank of Ghana and the players within the space? Because, I mean, there are sometimes often conversations about how some laws are enacted and, you know, there's not a lot of um, consultation with the people who are actually on the ground making things happen. Pair your knowledge of what has happened or what has occurred over the period. What was the level of consultation with the players in the in the, in the space, in the fintech space especially? 
Um, Philip, as far as I'm concerned, this is one of the laws that has had the most thorough um, industry consultation. As a matter of fact, if you go through the act, you would think that the industry players themselves <laughs> wrote the act, right. you know. Um, very thorough conversations. We have had various workshops with the central bank. The central bank has been very collaborative, mm. you know, in this in this space. Uh, one of the most important things for me during um, the assembling of the various provisions that went into the act uh, was the Bank of Ghana's position, um, you know, as regulators who were willing to learn. Mm. Um, you know, we have. Participated in similar events in other jurisdictions, and the regulator typically comes to the table with the, you know these are my terms, accept it or move. Exactly, mm. the Bank of Ghana took a rather very um, um, conservative, uh, laid-back position, and sort sort of tried to understand the player's perspective, mm. and consulted consulted the telecommunication companies, the fintechs. Mm. Uh, the private players who participated in the space as either consultants and so on. Um, there were interventions from various subsidiaries of the World Bank mm. and other donor agencies. And, and you know, So it was very thoroughly done, which is why I think we have one of the best pieces of regulations um, for a very burdened fintech industry across Africa. Yeah, it's a benchmark now. They always say that it's one thing to have the law. It's another thing completely ensuring that, you know, the law is followed. Mm. But that one is for um, later conversations. But for you, um, as an industry person, as, as a legal practitioner, what are some of the key highlights of, you know, the law that, you know, for you, jump out at you, especially for tech businesses, you know, within the space? Uh, well, Philip, I think that I mentioned from the beginning of the conversation that... Now, if you go through the act very clearly, um, if you are already a financial institution that is regulated by Act 930, mm. the law says that you can have authorization to do electronic money business okay. for you to be either an e-money issuer or a payment service provider. Mm. These definitions are contained within the act essentially who is an e-money issuer mm. and who is a payment service provider right now within the e-money issuer framework there are two types okay. entities like i said who are already regulated by the bank of ghana and so all they require is an authorization and mobile money companies for example who would require licensing right. to be able to come under this act and there are permissible activities clearly demarcated for them within the Act. Okay. Now, there are also payment service providers. Of course, like I said, um, you know, regulations subsequent to the Bank of Ghana's, um, well, to the Act being passed, okay. um, have set out for us the various types of payment service providers that there are. So there are, there are about um, four categories. Okay. We have the payment scheme. Mm -hmm. That's the fintechs or the players who deal with cards. Right. Then there is the enhanced PSPs. Okay. The enhanced have um, broader, you know, a broader scope to work within. And later we will go into the, you know, the requirements or mm -hmm. the qualifications. Mm -hmm. uh, but essentially, an enhanced PSP um, 
does stuff that a medium PSP may not be able to do. Right. So the, the third category is a, a medium PSP. And then there's a fourth, which is a standard PSP, which is a very exciting area for young people, for persons who are trying to get into the, um, the fintech space with all sorts of innovative apps. The Bank of Ghana has essentially removed almost all caps, as it were. Uh-huh. So all they require is a very uh, low jump um, to be able to get a license. Mm-hmm. Because within the categories that I've talked about, there, you know, there are various forms of um, self-regulation loops that have been created. So standard PSPs, which is about the, the smallest category, mm-hmm. Um, are regulated somewhat by the enhanced PSPs. Mm. Um, and so it so allows for innovation. It allows for young people to mm. be able to get a license and get into the space and innovate. roll out their apps, innovate, mm. and so on. Mm. And allow for other PSPs who are also entrepreneurs and business people who understand the ecosystem to regulate them. Yeah. So these people don't have to necessarily walk to Bank of Ghana. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very interesting system of checks and balances. Absolutely. And, and that's the innovation that the central bank was able to bring to the table mm. as far as this act is concerned. Let's get into what it takes for one to qualify for the various you know, segues that you talked about. So if we can get, just get into that. What, 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 what will it take for someone, anybody at home wanting to start you know, a business of you know, either being an e-money transaction, whatever, to get into it? If you can just clarify those details. So, um, so typically, like I have said, um, you would have to be a corporate entity, you know, create a, a legal entity to be able to get a license to start with. And it depends on what license you are going for. So if you are going for an e-money issuer's license, well, that's a pretty tall order. Mm. And I'm sure you can understand why that must be a tall order because you are essentially going to create electronic money. money yeah. And you need to have the capacity, you need to have the technology, you need the to security have... security especially. Exactly, the mm. security requirements and so on. And for, for the e-money issuers, um, you could be a bank, like I said, or you could essentially be any player that wants to also create e-money. Mm. That's... Um, that bridge has been crossed by almost all the, um, the telecommunication companies in the space. They all have one mobile money platform or the okay. other. So that in itself takes care of um, uh, that category of requ- set of requirements for them. Mm. But essentially, they also require to apply to the central bank, you know, do a business plan. They need to be ISO certified, mm. um, e-money issuers would need to put up a certain minimum capitalization, which will be kept at the central bank. How much is that? Uh, it's about 20 million okay. um, Ghana CDs. Mm. Um, they need to uh, you know, get data protection certificates. Um, if you are a foreign company, which is a very good thing, if you're mm. for, uh, you know, a foreign company or a company whose um, shareholding is foreign, um, what happens is that you need to have a local mm. uh, partner who is Ghanaian mm. with 30% shareholding. Interesting. That is a local content law. Of course. Mm. And, and so essentially it brings, you know, a lot of Ghanaian participation into the financial services space mm. as far as we are concerned. Bank of Ghana has also created regimes where um, for the licensing of these e-money issuers, you need to be able to um, show Bank of Ghana that the platform that you have 
is a platform that is thoroughly built. You need to be able to, um, it must have integrity. It must be able to sustain the kind of traffic that you will, you anticipate you would be, you know, bringing um, to the table and so on. Mm. Now, this is slightly different from um, the PSPs right. who are um, primarily um, what we loosely call fintechs. Right. Now, the, for you to be either a card scheme or um, an enhanced or medium, there are various requirements that you're also supposed to, um, to you know, to have. For you to be um, an enhanced PSP, for example, you need to have a minimum capitalization of about 2 million CDs. Okay. Now, the good thing is that the Bank of Ghana has come out to clarify that this 2 million, you don't need to put up all the 2 million in cash. Okay. But all the other requirements that I mentioned still hold true for even enhanced PSPs and the card schemes and so on. You still need to have a, you know, set up a company, business plan. your business plan, audited financial statements. You need to be ISO certified. If you're enhanced, then you operate with, in a card scheme. You need to be PCI, uh, DSS certified. See, all these things essentially go to ensure that you don't become a risk to the financial services space. And um, for... Um, the card schemes, you need a minimum capital of about $8 million. Okay. Uh, For enhanced, for medium, uh, medium, for example, has a minimum capitalization of um, $2 million. Okay. Well, no, medium is um, 800,000 Ghana cities. Okay. 50% of which, anyway, mm. you are supposed to have um, you know, as assets, essentially, on your balance That's sheet. Good. That's good. Pretty good. That's good. Very innovative yeah. by, by the central bank. Because others would, you know, want it stashed away at the Bank of Ghana type, you know, which kind of limits the operations of the business. But it's great that at least it's available for you to work with, you know. Absolutely. And that's a conversation that we had Mm. with with the central bank throughout this period. And the central bank, like I said, adopted, you know, hook, line and sinker, some of the proposals that um, were were, were made by the the players within the space. Very, very collaborative, I must say. Was it surprising for the players? how cooperative and how open the Bank of Ghana was throughout the process? Well, I won't be able to say. I've not dealt with Bank of Ghana in any other capacity <laughs> right. than the, you know, within the, the, the fintech mm. space. But I must say it's been a very enjoyable working relationship mm. with, the, with mm. the central bank. Mm. Philip, for all these requirements, they mean very little till you see what the, the permissible activities are, i.e., if you decided to, for example, go for an enhanced license vis-a-vis a medium, what could you do with that license? Right. So you'd realize that um, an enhanced PSP um, can essentially do what we call the mobile money aggregation. Okay. In other words, if you are an enhanced PSP, you get to be able to connect directly to the e-money issuers, whether they're a bank e-money mm. issuer or they're a telco mm. e-money issuer or any other e-money issuer for that matter. Um, you are able to acquire merchants. You are able to aggregate these merchants when you acquire them. You are able to process payments. Mm. And so for players who are processing card payments, for example, you need to be PCI, that's payment cards industry standards. Mm. Uh, you need to have the highest standards, essentially because we want to be safe. Of course. Um, you can do inward remittances. You are able to provide payment gateways. Um, and you can actually provide virtual cards, which is something that was uh, the preserve of of banks, you know. So 
it essentially makes an you know a PSP a very powerful entity within the financial mm. services space. Mm. Now, the the difference between this and a medium uh, PSP is that a medium PSP must be connected to an enhanced PSP. Uh, that's where the checks and balances. Come absolutely, mm. absolutely. Mm. A standard PSP can do a lot. They can roll out apps and so on, but they must be connected to an enhanced PSP. Mm. Um, that is because the enhanced PSP mainly is unique for its ability to connect directly to the e-money issuers. Okay. And as an e-money issuer, I'm sure you can understand what the, um, um, you know, the, the permissible activities will include, the cash-in, cash-out, mm. the on-net payments and you know, off-net essentially have capacity to do interoperability and, right. and stuff like that. I have a few questions that are coming in on Twitter. First one is, where is the line drawn between non-ethical practices and actually law violations? So, for example, charged or charges on transfers within same network that basically have zero cost implications. Banks don't charge for this. So why cashless platforms? I don't know if the question makes sense. Well, if I understand the the question, I think it's a purely commercial um, mm. decision, and because of this, there will be various um, options a customer may want to um, to use. Um, so, Bank of Ghana requires that for you to be licensed within the space under this act, you need to have you know um, a feedback loop. Um, a complaints um, system where customers can co- make complaints and so on. So if charges are exorbitant and so on, you should be able to um, re- report to the player within the space. But I tell you, uh, it's a free market and there are several um, players offering various services and customers are free to choose whichever one that they want. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, it's a free market. Yeah. It's a very interesting one. Talking about payment systems, please ask the gentleman what he thinks can be done about the current illegal foreign transfers by the Goro boys at Tudu as the activity is messing up the whole ecosystem. <laughs> well, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure, Philip. If I'm the not act sure. covers this. Well, well, the, the act essentially um, creates a framework right. for transactions to be bank-based. Mm. The act deals with um, licensed or authorized players within the ecosystem. Um, I'm unable to see how a player within the space will allow for its platform to be used by Goro Boys right. to do foreign transfers. Mm. The little I understand about this um, foreign um, transfer conversation, um, I thought they were cloning people's cards and so on and yes. using them for all sorts of international yeah. payments. Mm. Otherwise, there's constant reporting that is required within the Act to the Central Bank. Mm. Um, the Central Bank has set up recently the FinTech and Innovations Department. Okay. Um, um, and, and so there's proper reporting, you know, there's regular reporting to the central bank. I don't see how any player can facilitate those sorts of activities. There have been conversations, for example, about how um, telcos um, and some of their activities negatively impact small fintech startups, um, basically muscling smaller, muscling them out of, you know, um, the space. I'm wondering if the act sort of addresses this in any way. And um, basically, how you know is is the act looking at addressing such 
issues when they come up. Yeah, Philip, so the directives subsequent to this act being, being passed allows for a certain category that I mentioned earlier, which is the standard uh, PSPs to operate within the space. And like I said, these standard PSPs don't have a lot of um, heavy requirements um, to become eligible for licensing. As a matter of fact, um, if you take a look at the, the licensing requirements of these players, um, besides the business plan that they are supposed to submit um, to the Bank of Ghana, um, there is almost no, um, there's almost no capital requirements. So you don't need to go raise a um, 100,000 CD or anything of the sort to be able to get the license. That in itself allows for these small players to operate. What the technology chamber is doing as part of this self-regulation program mm -hmm. is to allow for these players to operate within the space uninhibited so that if they are connected to you as an enhanced PSP or a medium PSP, whatever the case may be at any point in time, well, subsequent to the deadlines that the Bank of Ghana has given, they have to be connected to enhanced PSPs. We, the, the chamber is putting together programs that will ensure that players who have these smaller, relatively smaller entities connecting to them are free to operate without um, being afraid of competition and you know being um, run over by the relatively bigger players within the space. <laughs> I do hope you learned a thing or two from that conversation. Very, very important um, discussions, there, especially if you're a player in the fintech space or you're looking at getting into the fintech space, basically understanding what the law says, how it regulates, you know, the fintechs in the country and those who are involved within, you know, that com community generally. Um, very, very good stuff there from Kofi Kofi Abua, um, Kofi Usu, actually. I really, really enjoyed um, that conversation. But hey, it's time for us to get into the app segment of the show. And Jeffrey Okusapo has a quick one for us. Jeffrey, over to you. Um, so tonight I'm bringing you the app called Signal. Uh, this app is known for its security and other <coughs> encryption features. In fact, the app is recommended by Edward Snowden himself. Uh, basically, if you want to message, but you're worried about your security on many of these other um, messaging apps, this one is super secure, end-to-end, top-notch, and many other security features. You can also use it to manage your SMS messaging. Mm -hmm. The only downside is that when you send message via SMS on Signal to someone who doesn't use the app it, it is not encrypted yeah yeah that makes sense that makes so sense. it's a normal sms but your messages mm. are encrypted if you're sending to someone else on the um signal app right the other thing which mm -hmm. i think is a very good thing because many of the popular apps don't have it is that if i'm sending a message to you i can set it to expire mm. That sounds like a feature that WhatsApp is trialing. But WhatsApp is not trialing. doing it for the for the messages. It's doing it for the media. For the media. Right. Right. media. Messages. Mm. Expire mm. media. So this yes. is for messages. You can actually yes. set a message to expire yes. before you even send it. Yes. That's and sweet. it's contact by contact. It's not a general thing. Mm. I think a lot of... <laughs> 
I can't believe I was going to say what I was going to say. But yeah, um, <laughs> if, <laughs> if you're out there and you need to have some very secured conversations that yeah. need to disappear from the phone, secured. please, secured. Yeah, just <laughs> want to stress that. Uh, Signal will probably be the best one. Yes. If you're doing that you're not supposed to be doing, <laughs> um, Signal will probably be the scram, best option sorry, for you. guys. If Please. you are communicating with people you're not supposed <laughs> to be communicating with and you know you might be found out at some point in your life, signal. Signal the message. I am not supporting anything. Signal the that message. Is immoral. If you are out there <laughs> illegal having chit chats at eleven PM with Why why are you pointing at me? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyway, so yeah, Signal is a yes. messaging it's, platform. Yes, it's on ultra Android, secure. IOS. Ultra secure. Ultra secure. Just, somebody not, should tell Philip to stop pointing at not, me. I don't understand. I am not supporting anything immoral oh, or illegal with so, yeah, signal. signal. Signal for life. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so uh, if there's any app that you want, you know, us to review, if you know the, you built an app or you want us to review any app, um, please get in touch with Jeffrey on. Um, yes, you can get in touch with me on Twitter. My handle is at o j s a r p o n g at OJ Sapon. Um, or you can get in touch with me on Facebook. The name is Jeffrey Oreku Sapon, not Oreku. Oreku, O-W-U-R-A-K-U. Thank you very much. Uh, I just got a message. Where? If you are sending something, you signal. But anyway, <laughs> come back to that. <laughs> um, so the voice of the lady that you heard is the voice of Ellen. And Ellen is the one who um, basically will bring us up to date with some of the tech issues that some of you might have. Um, yes, <laughs> Ellen, Ellen, Ellen is the one who you will contact if you have issues and you want us to help you to resolve them. Ellen, you're welcome. Um, what is our issue for today? Okay, so our issue is quite a relatable one, Phil. You can relate. Hmm. Jeffrey and Yao, mm, I don't know, but <laughs> babies <laughs> somebody and in water. Did they fall in water oh, or no. soup? Oh, babies. I can't wait for this one. I can't wait for this so, one. So, 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 Tony, I spoke to Tony and he, he, he says his little girl, he had a phone, he has a phone, his little girl playing with it, uh, hits the ground with the phone or, or, or yeah, hit the ground. Ooh. And so now the screen, he's having issues with the screen. I think we should listen to Tony's issue. Yeah, let's do that. Initially, it was working perfectly and uh, my daughter slammed the phone and the screen went off. So I took it to repairs and the screen was changed. Everything was working. What I mean everything, as in it was making calls, everything, the screen was active. And then I realized that I could not connect to the, my Bluetooth, the iPod, and then the, the Wi-Fi. I tried to reset the phone. The basic things I thought I could do, I did them, but they're still not working. Charlie, that's painful, man. <laughs> Philip, can you share your experience with Philip? No, 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 no. Philip, please, we want we, to hear. We have, we have Apple things to talk about. <laughs> tweeted it. I remember you tweeted it. So, um, all parents, all people with kids who have My experienced heart. this before, <laughs> myself, I experience it almost every day. Hey, Ellen, please, you have a child. Hey, mommy, please, mommy, please, please, please. Is it the soup we, story? <laughs> <laughs> we have, we, we, we thankfully have solutions for you. So, please, let's listen to that as well. Here we go. 
Tony, I suspect the part of the phone that handles Bluetooth and other radio communication is affected with the accident the phone had. Or the repairer, in trying to replace the screen, forgot to fix the antennas or the Bluetooth module entirely. Go back to him and complain and let him check it out. Better still, he might be a negligent repairer, so find another very good technician. Walk him through all the things that have happened in the past to the phone and let him take a look at it. I hope these measures will help you. All the best and bye-bye. Well, I I, I, TJ, I hope like this really helps because I can understand where you are. <laughs> are you sharing? You still don't want to no, share your testimony with us. Where, how, what the feeling <laughs> involves a child, <laughs> a balcony, a balcony yes. and the ground. And, the ground. and mommy, mommy, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> or if the worst part is when they come at you and they don't say anything. They just point to <laughs> where what, what is the issue happened. <laughs> Just know that something has happened yes. there. That's all. That's all. Anyway, if there is any issue that you're experiencing with any device um, and you would want us to look into it or check it out for you, please make sure you get in touch with Ellen at... On Twitter, E-A-D-A-P-A. E-A-D-A-P-A. D-A-P-A-A-H at E-A-D-A-P-A. Please, let's talk and let's help each other out. Let's do that. Anyway, so um, it's time for us to get straight into the issues that have been happening around the world regards tech. But, I mean, I don't know any other issue. Oh, yeah, actually, there there are two big issues. There are two big issues. And um, Mr. Entry is here to help us or guide us through it. Mr. Entry, over to you. Yeah, thank you, Phil. So uh, let's start off with what's the biggest event today. That's Apple's event, which they outdoored. I think five products, five new products. First was the HomePod, mm-hmm. and then the uh, Apple 12, iPhone 12, iPhone 12, iPhone 12 Mini, iPhone 12 Pro, and iPhone 12 Pro Max. So, for which one is your? For me, very exciting. I mean, um, the filmmaker in me is excited about the iPhone 12 Max. IPhone 12 Max okay. The filmmaker in me, okay. but I think as a tech enthusiast and as a, as a tech writer I think the most exciting device is the iPhone 12 mini iPhone 12. for me personally I think that's the most exciting device I can imagine I can imagine the number of people who will buy it out of curiosity excitement and excitement I also think it's very very functional for for example a lot of students you know I mean the iPhone 12 is great but when you think about it the mini and the 12 do literally the, the same, same thing, thing. Yeah. so it's just a one is much smaller. I just think, I mean, I can imagine showing up at like someone who sends credit or something and then the person will be using an iPhone. <laughs> <tell me. laughs> like I can cute. imagine that. Like it's, 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 look, and I mean, I'll be reviewing um, the event tomorrow on CTTV, but I just think that the, the, the iPhone 12 mini is by far the most exciting of the lineup. If you are a pro user, if you are a filmmaker like myself, if you're somebody who really enjoys taking photos, if you're someone who likes to push the limits of a device, then by all means, the Pro Max is the so ultimate. Sorry. But iPhone 12 mini for me is, is the winner. You know what excited me about it? Wow. The ad for the phone. Hmm. The guy, so he holds it up, he touches it, he touches it, then just slips it in his breast pocket. Breast like, like, yo. <laughs> and you see, the thing is, typically, like, if you are having, like, the 11 Pro Max, like I am, like, when you put it in there, like, it sticks out, you know, it's sticking out from your breast pocket. Mm. But this one will literally just slip in and stay in. Like, it doesn't even move anywhere. I, 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 I'm really excited about that one. For me, I really like how they presented the whole event, how right. it went through. Yeah. 
was very very creative and mm. then actually got the message right. out there right. and how Uruku is feeling with how the guy just flipped <laughs> the phone. Oh, but there was all really excited thing. me was uh, they did a lot of they cut a lot of things so the new the new phones coming out the boxes are a little more smaller mm-hmm. the size of the phones are a little more smaller mm. than the ones we have now i think, and I think it's a very they they, they made a very big deal out of taking the charger yes. out of you know the box so when you see the box it's like literally half if you have an iphone box it's literally like half or even smaller than a typical iphone i think one other thing that really excites me is the magsafe now Yes, you will still get the USB-C to lightning cable that comes with it, but it didn't pack the, the charger, the, the, I think the 87 watts or the 84 watts or whichever watts it is. But I just think that by iPhone 13, there won't be a need for a charging port on an iPhone anymore because really, why, why do you need it? If you have a MagSafe you know, on your device, why yeah. do you need a cable? You, know? you don't need a cable. make a prediction. I mean, you don't need uh, like a charging USB-C mm. to lightning cable. So then what you're going to have basically is the light, the, the charging port is gone, mm-hmm. which also has a lot to say about getting a proper full screen experience, yeah. you know, f- proper edge to edge full screen experience. Like I can imagine what they're going to do now. We are, we are, we, I mean, we have reports about how people are, are able to hide all these cameras and these um, sensors underneath the screen, including mm. the fingerprint properly underneath the screen. So you don't see it. Even a camera is being hidden under the screen. So I can imagine probably by iPhone 13, where we're going to have a proper full screen experience because the charging port is not going to be there anymore. And remember the arguments that a lot of these manufacturers made when iPhone took out the 3.5 millimeter jack. Mm. Now everybody's taking out the 3.5 millimeter jack. So I can just imagine what is going to happen because if iPhone is taking this giant leap with regards to taking out all the charges and reducing carbon emission and everything else, I don't know. It's a very, very exciting time for you me know, personally. I'm going to predict this. Mm. Very soon, mm. there'll be an app on the phone with an external lens mm. that'll connect to the app mm. so that it can take advantage of everything and tell you there's something at the back that you're supposed to do so you don't need the lens Not at the back. Bad, you know. Not bad. Yeah. Anyway, we are very excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, but I mean, is there, is something there reminded else? me of the Champions League final. By oh, the way. get out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so let's let's do anything else? Uh, but you, for you, what was the most exciting thing? Uh, the devices, uh, the home pod was exciting, seriously. Mm. Uh, looking at how you could communicate with the device, for me, that was, that was very exciting. And the communication technology they embedded in it and how it's able to recognize voices, various voices of who's, who's at home, right. how you could recognize my voice, his voice. The conference thing yes, as well. Yes, and how you could... It could work together that really excited me mm. for the apple event yeah cool yeah. all right moving on and yeah, moving on to other stories so uh, let's go to nigeria yeah. we all know what's happening there there's a lot of uh, <sighs> a lot of protests out yeah. there and sars and then the tech the tech community there is also uh fully behind the protests and there's one company flutter wave which is which actually help helping people crowdfund to support protesters mm with legal, legal and other aids. And then the Central Bank of Nigeria has, has allegedly summoned Flutterwave to hmm. cut off their donation accounts. Wow. And which is, wow. is, is very sad to know. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it is. I didn't expect 
yeah. Nigeria to get to that point where you literally have a despot <laughs> because that's what that's what you know despots do. Yeah. I can't I can't imagine, for example, in a couple of days, the internet probably being yeah. cut. People or, are predicting that. You know, I mean, it's just bound to I happen. Have a feeling it will it's happen. just it's just really unfortunate that Nigeria has to get to that point. But I mean, totally supporting and SARS, totally supporting an end to please um, brutality. brutality. I think I mean, if you've seen the images and you've seen the pictures yeah. and you've seen the videos, it's really really terrible. Um, and um, we totally support the youth of Nigeria and what they're doing. I mean, we are youth as well, so we might as well support it. But hey, that is all time will allow us. But then if you want to get in touch with Mr. Enchi, please do so by... You can follow me on Twitter, O-Y-N-Chi. And that's all. Anyway, so we draw the curtain down on today's show. Um, next week, we're going to have the debate. You're going to be reading a lot about it online and probably hearing a bit about it on radio as well. So it's really, really exciting. Um, Facebook and Twitter, which one of them is a better campaign platform? Um, the, the debate and the arguments will be heard on this station tomorrow on the show, City Trends. Can very, very exciting position? stuff. No. So till next week, stay techy. <laughs>